0: Fizz. 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 let's go welcome back to the fit fizz podcast you lovely hard-working superhero who is doing your best to live a healthier less chaotic life thank you so much for listening In case you're new to the show, my name is Kelly Wilson, owner of fitfizstudio.com, and I'm a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry since the previous millennium. I'm here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. None of the content should be interpreted as, as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. And I want you to take today's episode with a little grain of salt. I say that because I can just envision somebody clutching their pearls at some point and saying, oh, how dare you say these things. But hey, not everything is for everybody. And as always, I'm hoping that the things that I share today are like a springboard for taking an idea and adjusting it to fit things into your own unique life in a way that works for you. So yes, some of the things I'm going to suggest in this episode might make you say, ew, no way. And that's totally fine. Plus, I thought that it was time for me to do an episode that was a little more lighthearted and less sciencey. So feel free to laugh at my ideas, but you might find them helpful as well. Based on the title, Psychological Tricks, you might be saying, uh, hey, Kel, this sounds a bit sketchy. What are you even talking about, woman? Are you talking about mind games? How is this even healthy? Okay, fair enough. We all have some kind of health or fitness and nutrition goals, right? And our level of commitment to those can be a bit of a roller coaster, depending on what else is happening in life. Like when other parts of life start to get a bit out of control, health and fitness goals are usually the first to be neglected. Sometimes you might have to simply accept that. Like I had to accept that for a certain period of my life from 2017 through the beginning of 2019. and that was that training in the gym was not only physically impossible for me, but I had to accept that there were days where just to feed myself to get food from the kitchen, I like there were times that I crawled partway to the kitchen, rested on the floor, just to be able to continue to get to the kitchen to get myself food. It was that bad. So, that's a time where I had to just accept it wasn't possible. And there are a number of things that you might encounter in life where fitness and nutrition falls by the wayside, even when you really don't want it to be that way. But there's also this huge area in the middle where life is going to be hectic no matter what, and you can't neglect nutrition and fitness completely forever. So what kind of tactics do you have in your back pocket to whip out on the days that are normal life, but also kind of rough. And you know, you got to muster up commitment to your goals from somewhere if you want any kind of progress. So what do you use to keep you going? With some of my ideas today, I want you to start making a bit of a mental toolkit in your mind, or even write it down for things that will light a fire under your butt on the day's When you're mentally struggling to stay committed to your training plan or maybe it's your running schedule or a meal plan or staying committed to just prep lunches for the week or whatever it is that you're working on in relation to fitness or nutrition. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. So there was a period of time right after college for me where I had a really bad diet coke habit. I had begun working in corporate America. I had about a 45-minute commute each way. I was working another part-time job at a tanning salon, cringe, I know, in the evenings. Plus, I was teaching some group fitness classes a couple nights a week and on the weekends. Plus, I needed the extra jobs to pay my bills. And I got to a point where I was running out of steam. Water had been my main beverage of choice, but I got to a point where I felt that, you know, Maybe some caffeine would help me not feel so tired. Now, personally, I cannot stand the taste of smell or coffee, the taste or smell of coffee. And there was a Casey's convenience store on my way to work. So I started to stop in there in the morning and I'd get a 32 ounce. Yeah, big cup of Diet Coke every morning. And they even had a deal where if you refilled your old cup, you got it for 79 cents. So this habit began. And I had that habit for about four or five years. And this was also during the time where I was a Chicago lovable too. And our rehearsals certainly made for some very late nights and early mornings. And what made me stop or want to stop was that I had one friend in my ear who was constantly like, ew, you're so gross for putting that in your body. All that fake sugar is going to give you cancer. And to me, regular Coke didn't taste good. So diet Coke it was. And over time, I was getting frequent migraines that progressively had gotten worse. They, I went from having them about once a week to five or six days a week. And at that point, I certainly was not taking nutrition seriously at all. So on top of going to doctors to see what might be causing my migraines, I had this thought process about, Figuring out a way to stop this Diet Coke habit, I had finally admitted to myself that it was causing more harm than good. So what was I going to do? I loved it a lot. Um, I really looked forward to that Diet Coke every single morning. It was like this cold, fizzy goodness that I just wanted. And it was really like a treat for me. And I'll admit, I never really felt like the caffeine did a whole lot for me. So I realized it was just the icy coldness that I loved so much. So I thought maybe I could switch to something else. This was my psychological trick and it worked. I switched to a low calorie orange juice. And yes, orange juice has a ton of sugar and I'd never really recommend drinking it every day, but it was a healthier alternative than Diet Coke. Plus at the time I was doing like three or four hours of cardio at Lovables rehearsals. So it's not like I had to worry about too many calories. So I started having orange juice with ice every morning and progressively started adding more water to it. And I had my ice cold drink and I was happy. I never really even missed the Diet Coke once I started that. And within about three months or so, I was just drinking water and no more orange juice. Oh, and my migraines started to disappear too. Not a coincidence. (laughs) But that's a trick that worked for me. All I had to do was change my bad habit. All I had to do to change my bad habit was to get honest with myself about why I was doing it and what I could do to make it a healthier habit. I liked the sweetness and the ice. So I changed the sweetness, kept the ice, and eventually my taste buds changed too, as taste buds do. And I didn't want it anymore. I didn't want the Diet Coke anymore. I identified the weak point and I replaced it with something smarter and you can do this too. What are your weak points? Where do you usually start to allow yourself to get off track with fitness or nutrition? Is it maybe it's when you're done with work, you come home, you're tired, so you make poor choices for dinner because it's just easier? Or is it maybe talking yourself out of going to the gym because you're really good at conjuring up a dozen reasons to convince yourself that it's okay to skip yet another time. Maybe overeating is an issue. Maybe that's where you can't seem to fix the problem. Maybe you have no problem with getting to the gym, but once you're there, you only put in 70% of the effort that you could do on the days when your head is in the right place. So, Again, identifying your own weak points that are holding you back are what's going to help make a change. We all have our forms of kryptonite. And I bet that for each person, there are two or three main sticking points that keep you from actually making the full changes that you envision in your head. Maybe your friends are always asking you to go to lunch and you always say yes. And once you're out and having fun, all goals go out the window and you order the heaviest, greasiest thing on the menu and then you feel horrible about it. That's me. But how can you fix that? How did I fix that? So for me, what worked was I just made a hard rule no more going to lunch with coworkers. I simply don't, or I simply didn't. I don't currently have co- coworkers, but. I stopped doing it. And if I have them in the future, I won't do it unless, you know, maybe once a, once a year. Um, if, they want, if they want to make it weird and use it against me, which has happened countless times, I no longer care one bit because people who make it weird and pressure you in any way don't respect boundaries, period. You're better off without those people. Once you identify those sticking points, you can figure out how to win against them, And then when they arise, it's a way of taking back your power. So this is not even a battle of willpower or motivation, but adding or taking something away in order to succeed. You could totally implement rewards based on your victory language too like I talked about on episode 10. So listen to that episode again or listen to it for the first time if you haven't already, but we each respond to certain types of motivation. Some people respond well to pep talks, which is words of affirmation, or some people respond well to knowing that there's a prize or a gift at the end. And well, some people respond well to fear. So This is where I was talking about taking it with a grain of salt because I don't want anyone to be like, Kelly, this isn't very positive of you to encourage this type of behavior. Because you know what? Motivation is not all cheerleaders and pom-poms. Some people need a little bit of healthy fear in order to have the fire effectively lit under their behinds in order to make any progress. So welcome to the dark side. I'm only sort of kidding, but (laughs) here's an example. My last powerlifting coach. After I had been training with him for a year or two, he implemented a rule where we couldn't end the training session on a failed lift. And I really hated that. I literally felt like it zapped my motivation down to about 75% instantly. I feel like a more successful lifter when I fail my last lift, knowing that I gave it all I had. That's just how I'm wired. Not everyone is like that. With that rule, I felt instantly limited. Now, I won't go into more detail since not everyone finds powerlifting interesting, but that's just an example. I personally find satisfaction in that type of failure when I train. Some people see it as a negative. I see it as a positive. Here's another example. There's a woman named Pauline Nordine who is pretty famous in the world of fitness and strength training. I've followed her on social media for years. I really like her personality, but she's not for everyone. She's extremely honest and she does not sugarcoat her words, but that's what I like about her. It would actually be a dream come true if I could somehow get her as a guest on the podcast someday. That would be really cool, but When it comes to weight loss, I've frequently heard her tell people, well, if you want to lose weight, start eating all of your meals naked in front of the mirror and you'll make better choices. Now, I can already imagine people in the body positivity community ranting about the thought of this, and I get that side of it, too. But this might work for some people. These are the kinds of psychological tricks that I'm talking about. Obviously, you don't want to go to extremes with this to a point where it becomes obsessive or destructive to your self-esteem. But if it's done to a point where it forces you to be raw and honest with yourself and lights a fire to have you make real changes in a way that nothing else in the world has, then it can be an effective tool to use. And that's up to you to decide if it might work for you or not. I'm not saying it's great for everybody. And let's say that maybe you tend to slack off in the gym if you don't have a trainer watching every single set and rep. Maybe you just simply don't have a trainer right now. So what can you do if you really need someone there watching you? Well, when you're in those last few reps, when one half of your brain is trying to talk you into calling it quits, imagine your favorite trainer or someone you admire standing there with a serious face saying to you, don't you dare let me down, you better finish this, in a way that's using fear as motivation. It's a psychological trick that can keep you on track. We all have someone, maybe think of two or three people, where if they were standing right there during your last set of training, you'd want to impress them and definitely not wimp out, right? I've used this trick a lot with myself in the past. And actually, Pauline Nordine is one of those people that I would imagine standing there about ready to tell me that what a wimp I was if I dared to not give it my all. The other people that I would picture are Charles Glass, Jim Stepani, and Dan Green. Pretty famous trainers and Dan Green is a powerlifter. And if they suddenly appeared in my last set, there's no way I'd only put in half the effort. I would definitely go all out. And there's also there's another man named C.T. Fletcher, which if you don't know him and don't mind some profanity, look him up. He's super intense. And I actually got to meet him in person one time. And actually, now that I think about it, I got to meet the other people I mentioned too: Pauline and Jim Stepani, Charles Glass and Dan Green all at different times, which was super cool to meet them in person. But anyway, C.T. Fletcher, he also just survived a heart transplant about a year ago. And that's also beside the point. But you could basically say his trademark is yelling at people in order to motivate them with fear. I'm not going to do an impression, but he actually has spoken tracks that you can buy in the iTunes store. And yes, I do own them. So the tracks that you can buy, they're basically ways to verbally get you fired up and moving if you're the kind of person who responds well to that. I guess I do respond well to that. Not sure what that says about me and my psyche, but yeah, I guess I dig it. So things that are all nicey, nicey and prim and proper just really aren't my jam most of the time. So I guess that's why that works for me. I like rawness. So maybe some of you like that too. If not, then I'm glad you're still listening, even though you probably think I sound totally crazy right now. (laughs) But here's another thing that you can do. Again, fear driven, but it might work for certain people. Okay. So, there are websites and apps where you have to commit to a goal of your choosing and if you don't accomplish that goal, there's a predetermined amount of money on the line that you will lose. And you set the amount of money up front and where you want the money to go. There's one website for example and they also have an app is stick.com. It's stick with one extra k. So, S T I C K I haven't used them myself, but I've checked out the website and I can definitely see how it could be fun and motivating for certain personalities, certain types of people. So this one website or app in particular lets you choose if you want to donate the money to a friend or a foe. They even suggest donating it to somebody who used to bully you. You can donate to a charity, you can donate to them or You can even choose to donate to an organization that you are strongly opposed to, and you really don't even need an app or a website to do this. You can make the commitment to yourself, such as, I will go to the gym three times a week for the next three months, or else I will donate $300 to the NRA, or whatever organization goes against things that you normally support. It instills fear as motivation to get it done, or else you're donating to a place that you'd rather not support. And of course, you'd want to tell a friend so they can hold you accountable and make sure you follow through. And I can't let this go without saying that if you do go this route, don't be unrealistic. Have a tough goal, but not unrealistic. You don't want to actually put your health in danger by. Severely under eating or spending so many t- hours in the gym that you're not even sleeping. That would just be stupid. <laughs> so keep it realistic. And it would be my preference that people set goals that are not based on a number on the scale because there are so many other ways that you can measure progress, like losing two inches around your waist or adding 50 pounds to your deadlift. Or if you simply struggle with commitment, then you really don't need to pick a number on the scale as a goal, but make consistency the actual goal, because that's where the actual problem is. Like I said earlier, with something like, I'll go to the gym X days per week for six months. And if you can stick to that, fat loss will probably be an added bonus. So that's why you don't need to focus on the scale. So What other psychological tricks can you do with yourself during moments of weakness in order to keep yourself on track? If you thought of any good ones while you were listening, I would love to hear about them. DM me, comment on social media, or best of all, you can leave a review for the show. It would really mean a lot to me if you took a minute to write a review if you haven't already. And a reminder that you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month and get bonus content on patreon.com slash Wilson. So if you consider this information useful, I would love it if you'd consider helping me out. Thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.